Raiden grasps my arm tightly, almost hard enough for it to hurt. It's a sharp contrast to his light expression. It makes me wonder if the two men I killed were his friends. He tows me toward the other ship. As I walk, I watch my men and women drift away on the rowboats. They row at a steady pace so as not to tire themselves too quickly. Manzi, Sorinda, and Zima will make sure they swap positions regularly so each man can get a turn to rest. They're bright girls. The men, however, are throwaways. My father handpicked each of them. Some of them owe him money. Some of them got caught stealing from the treasury. Some didn't follow orders like they were supposed to. Whatever the case, my father gathered them all together in one crew, and I brought no more than three girls from my ship to help me keep them in line. After all, father suspected that most of the men would be killed once Draxon took me. Lucky for them, I was able to save most of their miserable lives. I hope father won't be too upset. But that doesn't matter right now. The point is that I'm now aboard the Nightfarer. Of course, I couldn't make my capture look too easy. I had to play a part. Drexen and his crew can't suspect me. They can't know I was sent on a mission to rob their ship. That's a quote from Daughter of the Pirate King by Trisha Levenseller. This is why a book chat and I'm your host, Leah Stuhler. Hey guys, my name's Abby and I co-host the Book Life Podcast with my best friend Mo. We cover fantasy, sci-fi, and historical fiction books and talk book-related topics like our favorite character types, world building, and books versus their movies. New episodes drop every Monday on your favorite platform. Now, back to your show. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of YA Book Chat. As always, thank you so much for being here and for listening. Today, we are going to be chatting about the most fantastic pirate story that I have ever read. This is Daughter of the Pirate King by Trisha Levenseller, and I cannot wait to dive into this fantastic pirate story with all of you today. And here to help me dive into this is my friend, Sarah. Sarah, hi, how are you? I'm doing very well. Hi, everybody. It's good to be back again. It's always good to have you here, Sarah. I love having you on. I always enjoy it, so. (laughs) Good. Sarah, let's see. What what are you currently reading? I am currently reading two books. One is Inker and Crown by Megan O'Russell, who your listeners should know. And if you don't, go pick it up. Um, Inker and Crown has one of my favorite female characters in it. And she was featured in another series by Megan O'Russell as well. And then I am also reading... Radical Love, it was released this week by Zachary Levi. Um, It's about his mental health journey and how we all need to be on a mental health journey. And so far it is great and fulfilling and generally very positive about some relatively traumatic things. So I highly recommend both of those. (laughs) I, as do I, because I have read Megan O'Russell's work and actually Megan has been on the podcast with me and I love her books and I am a huge fan of Zachary Levi and uh, who, who couldn't use some more mental health in their life. So I am always up for that. <laughs> I, I have to say, if I get to stare at the picture of him while I am uh, working on my mental health, I mean, that's great. Like that's helping me right there. Just the cover of that book. So <laughs> Oh, I mean, Leah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not wrong. 
And if you are younger and you are listening and have don't know who Zachary Levi is, just go look him up right now. Okay. You're welcome. All right. <laughs> well, I am thrilled to be talking about Daughter of the Pirate King. I have read books before with pirate elements in them, but this is really the first YA that I've read that's like full 100% pirate in every way, shape, and form. And I absolutely loved it and ate it up. It was so fantastic. So um, I cannot wait to dive into this story. (laughs) All right. Let me give everybody a spoiler-free plot overview. And if this is the first time that you're listening to the podcast, welcome. But also know that I do the first like 15-ish minutes spoiler-free. And then after that, we will dive into spoilers for the book. So you can listen to the beginning in case you haven't read the book and just get an idea of what it's like before we head into our spoiler section. All right. So Daughter of the Pirate King Sent on a mission to retrieve an ancient hidden map, the key to a legendary treasure trove, 17-year-old pirate captain Alosa deliberately allows herself to be captured by her enemies, giving her the perfect opportunity to search their ship. More than a match for their ruthless pirate crew, Alosa has only one thing standing between her and the map. Her captor, the unexpectedly clever and unfairly attractive first mate Raiden. But not to worry, for Alosa has a few tricks up her sleeve, and no lone pirate can stop the daughter of the Pirate King. So that description alone just like drew me in. Plus that and Sarah keeps telling me how great Trisha Levenseller's books are and that I needed to read them. So this is where I started. (laughs) They are. Last summer, I read one of Trisha Levenseller's books and immediately bought three of her other books and I devoured them so quickly. This one and its sequel, the other half of the duology being two favorites among them. So I highly recommend anything she has written. This one is fantastic. Well, I'm telling you, after just reading this duology, I'm ready to go buy every single thing that she's written. So like, she's pretty much just going to become an automatic buy for me because it was so good. She is definitely an automatic buy for me. She has a sequel to Blade of Secrets, which came out last summer coming out toward the end of July. And I am so excited about that one. (laughs) I'm going to add that one to my list to read my TBR, which just gets, it's unmanageable right now, but whatever, it's fine. (laughs) The audiobook of Blade of Secrets is fantastic. So So was the audiobook of this duology. Like this was really good. I loved the narrator. She was great. Yes. And I always love it when it can be a good audiobook performance. Every once in a while, I'm real disappointed because it's a terrible audiobook performance. Been there. <laughs> Same. But no worries on these counts. If audiobooks are your jam, God yeah. of the Pirate King is a great one. This is a great one to check out. All right, Sarah, tell me some of your overall spoiler-free thoughts on this book. I really loved Alosa as a main heroine. I love strong, capable female characters. I think they're just fantastic. And I really love that they can be complicated and strong, but still like need people. It's just, it's one of the reasons that I still, as a fully adult woman, 
read YA is because I love these types of characters. And I love that she can be insecure, but she is very capable and she's authentic to her background. And if I was a pirate, I would want to be a pirate like Elosa is. Mm-hmm. Me too. I also really love the way the plot unfolds in this one. Um, there, it's almost reads a little bit like a mystery where mm-hmm. you're tr- you are finding things out along the course of the book which is really fun and unpredictable. You don't, I didn't know where it was going. I didn't, it didn't follow the anticipated lines that I was expecting. And in this one, you get enough hints that there are things you don't know that you're not completely blown away. One of my pet peeves about books is when it's written in first person and the main character knows something that you as the reader don't know. Mm -hmm. And so the whole first four books the the narrator and main character is acting and behaving a certain way and then all of a sudden in book four or book five you're like oh wait she's the lost princess and you're like but literally she was behaving contrary to what that would have been three books ago I'm so confused yeah and this book doesn't really do that there are things you find out about Elosa over the course of the story but it like it's not surprising you know there's something you don't know which is great right so at this it's at this point where i would like to introduce everybody to sarah's dog and um i think that she is agreeing with sarah on all of her points that she's making right now don't you think sarah i think she's just agreeing with you she does i think she <laughs> was like we listened to this on our drive to missouri 2 weeks ago and it was great well, see, yeah. So she understands. She just gets it. <laughs> oh. In reality, she's like, Mom, you're recording a podcast that's boring for me. Let me outside. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> well, you know, I always like to have visitors on the podcast, so that's fine. Yes. <laughs> I totally agree with all of that. It, this is such a fantastic book. It's okay. So it's like Pirates of the Caribbean, but with a strong female lead instead of Jack Sparrow, right? But it's almost like if Elizabeth was a pirate, you know, like would she would kind of be like this type of pirate almost, but Elosa's a better, stronger character than Elizabeth Swan. But um, yeah, it is. It's like a because it's got like everything you want. It's got treasure hunting, greedy pirates, these fantastic pirate ships. We've got uh, villainy, mutiny. I mean, thievery. There's spying. I mean, like everything you could possibly want in a pirate story, just like Pirates of the Caribbean, is in this book. And that's what makes it so fun. And Alosa, like you were saying, she's just the most amazing character and strong female lead. She's very clever. She's cunning. She's, she's so smart in so many, and like in little ways, you know, not even just like, I've come up with this great, fantastic plan here it is. And here's what we're going to do. But there's like little small things that she does throughout the story too, that just make her so fun and clever in a lot of other ways. 
And this book has my favorite, two of my favorite tropes in it. We have enemies to lovers, which, oh my goodness. And then we have forced proximity, which is, oh gosh, I just love that trope so much. Like, I don't know what it is, but it just, I eat it up. Like, Ooh, these two people, it's enemies to lovers. These two people are stuck in the same situation together. Yeah. This is what's going to happen now. (laughs) Like, it's just, it's so good. (laughs) I love a solid enemies to lovers. And this is one of them. Every once in a while, people do an enemies to lovers and it happens all the time with modern fiction is like you've got the disorganized person and the hyper-organized person and they mm-hmm. are enemies because they work differently and then they fall in love. And I'm like, in reality, they don't make that work. Like, right. It would drive him nuts that she leaves her socks on the floor or vice versa. <laughs> like slowly, but surely those things drive people insane. This enemies to lovers is not like that. They are mm-hmm. on two different sides. But can't deny the chemistry. It's amazing. (laughs) It is amazing. It's so much fun. Just because, because it's not like it's an easy thing for them either. You know, this is a different kind of enemies to lovers where it's not just like by the end of the book, this is all wrapped up and we know exactly where this is going for the next book. It's, it's, it leaves you questioning and wanting more and you're not really sure. And so yeah, it's just, it's a different kind of enemies to lovers, but there's just this fantastic chemistry, but they have to kind of, there's things that are, there's obstacles. That's what I want to say. There are obstacles that are kind of getting in their way to make it a little bit more tricky for them. And they aren't just like miscommunication obstacles. They're actual things like, oh, she might kill my brother. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> She could kill me. I could could kill kill her. I could kill her. I'm actively keeping her in a jail cell. Oh, wait, she escaped. (laughs) And Trisha Levenseller is the best at a slow burn. She's fantastic at it. And she makes you wait for it. Yes, very much so. Very much so. I... But the thing is though, like, as I've read books like that before, but where it drove me crazy, right? This one, I think because of the context and because of what's happening in the story, even though it's a slow burn, it didn't drive me crazy as much as other ones that I've read like this, because there was so much other stuff going on that it just helps keep you distracted. I guess it's a very active story. A lot of different things happen, which is really well done considering they spend the majority of the story on one boat. Right. A lot of the story is all on one boat (laughs) and a lot of things keep happening and keep going and it keeps the action just keeps going and going and going. Yeah. And I kept wondering, like, are we going to get on the other boat in this story or what's going to happen? So, but yeah, we we only mostly are on the one ship, the night fairer, which is her enemy's ship, Mm -hmm. but we do get to see her ship. We do. And we get to see her crew. (laughs) Yes. Shows further when we get there, how brilliant she is because of the crew that she has set up for herself. It's like the best pirate crew there is. 
They are so fantastic. We just get a slight glimpse of them in this book, but in book two is when we really get a hold of her crew. And it is so good. Like all, all of the characters in that book and in this first book are just fantastic. Trisha Levenseller just did an amazing job of crafting these really strong characters who have a lot of depth to them and are also just really, um, they're fun. They're, there's like snarky comments and witty banter between some of them. There's some who are just plain evil and you just hate them. But in that way of like, oh, I hate you, I, but I really want to keep reading this because this is really good. You know, like she has, there's all kinds of characters in this book. Like every type of pirate is in this story. You've got the pirate who is like a pirate. Like he steals people. He steals things. Yes. He kills people. But like you have the ones that are like, I'm not going to kill people if I don't have to kill people. And then you've got mm-hmm. the ones who you're fairly certain are actually sociopaths or psychopaths. <laughs> you're like, yeah. you've got all walks of life. Yes. We've got the ones who are just like treasure hungry and give me that treasure, you know, or then the ones who are like, show me what you can do for me. How can what you do benefit me? So there's a lot of everything in it, which is why it's such a fantastic story. Because again, it like encompasses everything you could possibly want in a pirate story. Yes. Uh, One other part of Alosa's character that I really love is, so she's this very strong, can kill anybody with a sword, active pirate captain, and she has this deep love of fashion and looking nice. And yes. she's like, I need clean clothes and I need. And so when she gets kidnapped, the way they set up her kidnapping, they, they know who she is. So they're like, Ooh, we're going to take her captive. And she is clearly as the title indicates the daughter of the pirate King. <laughs> so she gets kidnapped and she's like, well, don't forget to bring my trunks. I need my clothes. <laughs> And then periodically she's like, Ryden, go get me a new dress. And he's like, what one do you want? The green one. (laughs) She's like really picky about the clothes that she wears. And it's really, really humorous. I mean, the opening sentence for the whole book is, I hate having to dress like a man. (laughs) I knew from that point on that I was in for it. Like this was going to be good. Yes. That's a good opening line. It's just fun. I I really appreciate the second paragraph. And the smell. You'd think men did nothing but roll around in dead fish guts while smearing them, their own excrement, excrement on their sleeves. <laughs> Seriously. And <laughs> you're a pirate. <laughs> Trisha Levenseller does a really great job of painting visualizations for you. She's very descriptive. And She's also very witty. Yes. Very witty and clever. I, oh, there are so many different things in this book that I love that she does with these characters, especially with Alosa and Raiden. Oh, Raiden. <laughs> oh, all right. Anything else before we move on to our spoiler section? I don't think so. I think we covered all of my favorite parts that are not spoilers. <laughs> all right. Me too. <laughs> 
Okay. So if you have not yet read Daughter of the Pirate King and you do not want anything to get spoiled for you, then this is where you would stop listening. Go read the book. Please, please go read this book. And then um, after you finish it, come back and listen to the rest of the episode. But if you have read it already or you just don't care at all about spoilers, then by all means, please continue listening to the rest of the episode. All right. You have been warned. All right. Speaking of Alosa and Raiden, I just have to start here because this is just the best thing ever. They are just so fun because we have this enemies to lovers trope. Because she's she's a prisoner on his boat. He's the first mate. His brother is the captain. And so he's trying to get information because they're trying to figure out where the Pirate King's lair is because they want to kill the Pirate King. Right. I think they're reaching a little bit. They're one little pirate boat. Pirate King's in charge of everybody, but they don't like him. No. So Raiden is trying to get information out of her. He doesn't know that she got captured on purpose. And so instead of forcing her to stay in the brig in the cell, he's like, you ruined the cell. You have to come and stay in my room. It's the only other place you're secure. Of course. Of course. His bedroom where there is only one bed one small bed because we are on a ship so there's not going to be a big bed it's a small bed that they share (laughs) and let's not forget first of all the cleverness of Alosa in getting kidnapped on purpose but making it look like it wasn't on purpose and then she packs in all of her stuff with her clothes she also packs all kinds of like she hides weapons and a lock pick kit so that she can get out of the cell but she hides the lock pick kit in the leg of the table that's in her cell so they well at first she steals the key to the cell and manages to get out with that but then once they figure that out she's got to use the lock pick kit and then they still they have no clue how she's getting out Cause she's got it hidden in the leg of the cell and in the, in the leg of the table that's in her cell. So, and they can't figure it out how she keeps escaping. So that's like, Ryan's- like, clearly I cannot leave you alone. You have to stay with me now. Oh man. And what happens like the first time that she's in there alone with him. Oh, we're just going to make out. It's great. <laughs> Cause she's so beautiful. He can't resist her. <laughs> It's not just that she's beautiful, though. She also challenges him. She's really smart. And he's like, I hate that I'm attracted to you. Mm -hmm. He's the best. (laughs) It's funny because one of the other pirates is talking to her. Enwin is talking to her when she's in the cell. And he says, Master Raiden says, only said I probably wouldn't, shouldn't speak to her on account of beautiful women have a way of playing tricks on a man's mind. And she's like, Oh, he said I was beautiful. (laughs) Like that got into her head right away with him. Um, I love, so Ryden is a very particular, very organized person. Mm -hmm. He has a very organized, very clean, very tidy space. And so the first time he locks her alone in his room, she trashes it. (laughs) There's all his clothes on the floor. She breaks all his lamps. She ruins all of his writing implements she rips up all his maps she just trashes the place and 
it's this ongoing thing because he doesn't bother cleaning it up because right. he knows she'll just trash it again, but it drives him crazy. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny. It's hilariously perfect. She's throwing around stuff and breaking it. And she's like, Ryden has an hourglass on the table, had an hourglass on the table. Now it's broken at my feet. I hope that it didn't have any sentimental value. Actually, no, I hope it did have sentimental value. Lots and lots. <laughs> like She just, yes. and again, that's part of like Trisha Levenseller's just fantastic writing with how witty and the commentary, <laughs> the things that Olosa says and that Ryden says to her, like he comes in and he sees it and he's like, what the bloody hell? And she says, I got bored. <laughs> that's it. You shouldn't have left me alone in here. And I found it humorous that as a person who is also very particular and relatively organized and has a very tidy space, it bothered me that his room stayed dirty. Like Mm -hmm. they mentioned several times, like he has to walk around the pile of his clothes and stuff. And I'm like, clean it up, clean it up, Brian. (laughs) (laughs) What's fun though, is when he, in that same chapter, when he first brings her into the room, I love how he doesn't just like pull her by the arm or anything and lead her upstairs, right? Or push her forward mm-hmm. and walk her up. He picks her up and throws her over his shoulder <laughs> to carry her into his room. And so she's like, put me down, put me down. And then- Well, that's he, because the first time they were on the stairs together, she tried to push him down them. Uh, yeah, because she's a Losa. <laughs> yeah. And then they get in there and he like pins her to the bed And then she tries to pin him to the bed and then he gets her pinned again. And then that's when they kiss for the first time. And you're like, okay, so this is how this is going to go. She's been in his room for all of like a minute and he's kissed her already. All right. (laughs) And now she's got to stay in there. Awesome. (laughs) And at that point, you don't know if you trust Ryden or not. Like Mm -mm. you still wonder if he's just manipulating her. Yeah. And like I said earlier, the slow burn in this one is just fantastic. And it doesn't stop. It goes all the way till the end of the second book. Like, yes, it just sticks around. It's great. There's, there's a scene in one of the later chapters. Let me see. Okay. It's chapter 11. This is, and this is again, one of my favorite things that happens in this forced proximity and enemies to lovers trope that we see often is that they get into an argument, like a really heated argument. And we all know that really heated arguments always turn into kissing fest, right? So (laughs) I love it because they're like, they're yelling at each other. This is your fault. This is my fault. No, it's not. And then, you know, he says no. And then he kisses her and she's like, what the... I misread where that was going. I wanted to irritate him, to get under his skin, to mess with him because he's working for the enemy. I hadn't expected him to get all mushy as a result. And then, but then again, I can't exactly describe this as mushy. We're mm-hmm. making it sound like there's a whole lot of like happening things in this book. And it's really just kissing. Yeah, no, it's just, it's just kissing, but it's fun because it's it doesn't happen all the time because like you said it is a really slow burn and because both of them 
Well, more Alosa. I think Ryden is more open to having feelings for her, but she is very much like, I can't, I can't have feelings for him. He's the enemy and I'm here to do a job. I need to find this map. I need to focus and get this done. I can't have Ryden getting under my skin and distracting me. So he is also, he's like, what are you doing here? You clearly mm -hmm. can escape from your cell and you keep getting back in. Obviously you being captured is not actually the problem. Right. What, He's, are you, what are you trying to find? What are you He's want? suspicious of her. And Draxen, I think, kind of kind of figures it out because then when she does find the map, they're all there waiting for her. And he's like, Yeah, eventually when you kept escaping, I kind of figured something was going on. And I realized you might be looking for the map. So I figured I'd let you keep doing it so that then you could lead us to that map. <laughs> mm-hmm. So Draxen and Ryden are the son of a very famous pirate captain who had one third of a map. Mm-hmm. Alosa's father has one third. Draxon's, Draxon and Ryden's father had another third. And then another pirate named Vorden has a, another third of this map that's supposed to lead to the treasure to end all treasures. And so the reason Alosa got kidnapped is to find that map. And so that's what she's searching the ship for and she searches the whole ship, can't mm-hmm. find it anywhere, <laughs> and then figures out that it must be with Raiden and Draxon. And she goes through Raiden, Raiden's room because she's staying in it. <laughs> right. <laughs> Doesn't find it in there. No. Doesn't find it on Raiden. Like she uses her siren song to sing him to sleep and searches his clothes, only doesn't find it. But she then does something that this was one of my favorite parts <laughs> when she she goes out and use all her sirenness to put a spell on the crew and then to um, seduce Draxon so she can get into his cabin and search his cabin and his person. <laughs> so Alosa is half siren. Mm -hmm. and she has these special powers so she's acting all sultry and everything and for me one of the funniest parts of that scene is the whole rest of the crew can't focus Draxon is like "Ooh, I'm gonna flirt with her and Raiden is just confused yeah he's like she's acting weird she's being different I don't understand how she's different and he's just confused right like it doesn't affect him because he's like Yes, because he's like, I'm not going to like her anymore when she's acting all sultry and in the way that's supposed to attract everybody because I'm already attracted to her. Yeah. <laughs> and then he is, which I mean, yeah. that and because that, and then we find out later in the book that he can help bring her back from being full siren. So, like when she dives into the water, she becomes full siren and she can't control it and it kind of takes over her, but he's in the water with her and he like grabs her face and looks in her eyes and kisses her actually under the water. And then that like allows her to come back to herself and be Elosa again and not the siren. So, he's like immune to her sirenness in that moment when she's trying to seduce everybody but he also is able to then help bring her back from full siren which is very interesting 
Yes. And Draxon does like take her to his cabin because he's like, ooh, let's go talk about the stars. <laughs> and her inner monologue, which we're in because the book is written in first person, is like, we're going to talk about the stars from inside, but okay, Draxon. <laughs> and she knocks him out because he's getting too handsy. And so she searches the whole cabin and can't find him. And she's like, great, I have to search his person. So mm-hmm. she strips him naked and he's she's he doesn't have the map anywhere and so she, then she's leaving the cabin and she runs into Raiden and he's like did you kill my brother and she's like no but she's trying to get him not to go inside the cabin because she doesn't want to explain to him why his brother's naked yeah it's so funny for for Draxon I kind of pictured like Barbosa, you know from Pirates of the Caribbean like he's like my Barbosa in a way and I was thinking like oh who's gonna want to seduce Barbosa? Yeah. <laughs> Nobody. Captain yep, Jack Sparrow. Nope, move on. I mean, I'd take Captain Jack Sparrow in a heartbeat. But Barbosa. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Side note here for everybody listening. I don't know how true this is because I didn't look into it further, but I did see a headline or two saying that uh, Disney has decided to actually bring Johnny Depp back in as Captain Jack Sparrow. Apparently they're still thinking after saying no, they wouldn't, or he said he would, anyway, it was a whole thing. You got all that happened with his trial, but anyway, so there's hope that we may see uh, Captain Jack Sparrow again. But without Will Turner, is there any point? I know, I know. Oh, well, Will Turner, man. And yeah. he's, he's more attractive as his piratey self than he was in the beginning. Oh, he totally is. Right. Like this is people think I'm okay. This is sorry. We're just going to go on this side tangent here, everybody. Okay. I mean, it's a pirate story, so it's fine. We can talk about the attractiveness of pirates. <laughs> Raiden is a very attractive pirate. Drexen, eh, not yes. so much. Um, no, it, like this is why. Like I've always, I've always, I find Johnny Depp attractive, like in most forms. And when I say that, I mean, in most of his movies, but like people are like, but he looks so dingy and nasty. And I'm like, but as a pirate, like that totally works, you know, it really does. And like, will, will Turner as a pirate is totally much more attractive too. I don't know what it is, but I think of hook from once upon a time. Killian. Oh gosh, he's yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I watched that show for a while until I couldn't take it anymore because it got stupid to me. So I stopped watching it. But I like constantly would like will like check IMDB to see what else he's got coming up, what else he's gonna be in, because give me <laughs> hot Captain Hook any day. <laughs> Please. Anyway, speaking of pirates, there are a lot of really great <laughs> pirate characters in this book there, that we're talking about. There are, there really are so many great pirate characters. One of my, so Alosa, obviously, one of my favorite things that she says when they first like catch her and they're like, they say like the way that she's acting is unladylike. And she says, I'm not a lady, I'm a pirate. <laughs> 
one of my favorite quotes from her. Um, there are a lot of really great pirates like on Draxon's crew too. Like, because we have like, we have Enwin who like steals stuff, <laughs> but yes, he's funny. Enwin reminded me a lot of the dude from Pirates of the Caribbean that has the one faux, fake eye. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I know who you're That's talking about. That's who he reminded me of. Oh, really yeah. superstitious, kind of a goofus, not really that dangerous, but probably pretty dangerous when he set his mind to it. Yes. And so Kiernan is like Gibbs, who after he stops working for the, the Royal Navy, goes to Tortuga and gets himself all schnockered and he's like drunk all the time. <laughs> That's Kiernan. Yes, Kiernan is always drunk until uh-huh. Alosa gets back on her own ship and she needs a couple people for her crew. So she's like, Enwin isn't actually terrible, so he can join the crew. And then Kiernan is a navigator, will join him. And then he develops a thing pretty quickly for Alosa's assassin. Yes, which, which is, is adorable. It is adorable and hilarious at the same time. So it's very fun. And I love, I love the, their interactions in book two as well. Like I kept finding myself like, Ooh, what's going to happen next with this? (laughs) We are getting a book three. That is their story. Yes. Which I am so excited about. I cannot wait to read that. Yeah. I cannot wait. So we also have Ferris, who's on the Nightfarer and part of Draxon's crew, who tells Alosa that he's her father's man because Alosa's father always puts a spy on the ship. He put a spy on the ship with her so that, um, you know, he could kind of help or like keep an eye on things as well. And so Ferris came and, you know, made the sign of the K like for the pirate King for her father. And so Alosa's like, Oh, Ferris is my father's guy. Only later when Vorden captures Alosa and Raiden, we find out that Ferris was actually a spy for Vorden and Alosa's like, what? Well, this was the funny part because she's like, well, then who was my father's spy? And Ferris tells her that it was one of the guys who she killed like right at the beginning when she first got captured by Draxon because she had killed a bunch of them, you know, threatening Draxon. And she's like, oh, oh, well, whoops. I guess hopefully my father won't mind. Uh, He probably won't. He doesn't care anyway about his men, which is like... such a throwaway she's like oh he doesn't care about people his men they're disposable in, yes such a pirate thing pirate king so alosa gets kidnapped by this third pirate captain vorden mm-hmm. and they put her in a cage on land so she can't access her siren abilities and functionally torture her so that they can study all of her siren powers so that they can know what they are her father trained her from when she was young to be really strong so that she could use her siren powers, but also taught her to hate her siren powers and the siren mm-hmm. part of herself. So she fears that side of herself and mm-hmm. Borden's like, well, I need to know what your, that side of yourself is capable of. And so they torture her and it's 
terrible and they use Raiden as like a bait and a way to get her to do what she wants because she likes him and everyone else knows that she likes him mm-hmm. even though she's like no I don't care about him especially fair what's really funny was when Ferris made a comment <laughs> and because about like knowing that they were kissing or something in Raiden's room and she's like where was he like how much was he watching me <laughs> But it was, it was hard reading those chapters because she was so conflicted, you know, like she didn't want to do what Vorden wanted her to do, but she also didn't want them to kill Raiden. So she felt like she had to do it. And then poor Raiden is there like, it's okay, you know, just do what they say. So she would sing to him and do whatever Vorden wanted her to do, but it was really hard. But I liked how at the end, Raiden comes up with an idea and he's there. It's a bad idea. Well, it's a bad, it's a bad idea for sure. He has this idea and he's looking at her and smiling like with this idiot grin and she doesn't understand what it is that he wants her to do until he finally does it and like gets her gets all of the water because he like sucks the water up and then spits it into her hands. And so that she's able to absorb it and then use her full powers. Of course, he ends up like getting shot in the leg as a result. And then, you know, she's fighting off all the guys and Vorden and whatnot. (laughs) She, after they're done, they want to leave or Raiden's like, Hey, can we go now? I'm sort of bleeding over here. (laughs) (laughs) it's really funny and it's almost like they're trying to communicate but they don't really know each other well enough to Mm -hmm. truly communicate it yet yeah because he's like remember when this happened and she's like I don't know what the heck you're talking about right now dude like I have no idea what you mean (laughs) so it takes a little while for it to click before she realizes what's happening but then, I mean, it works out. They they escape and she gets a map back because this, this was so crazy. She finds the map on the outside of the ship and the, the girl's eye, right? So she's got it, comes up, Draxon catches her. He takes it, looks at it, gives it to Raiden. So Raiden has the map. But then when Alosa and Raiden get captured by Vorden, Vorden has stolen the map from Raiden. So Vorden has it. <laughs> So then they get into this fight, her and Raiden escape, and she, Alosa, takes the map from Vorden and she gets it back. So now she has it again. There is such a big back and forth. And so they end up back on Draxon's ship. She's Mm -hmm. a captive again. And then her dad comes and is like, I'm done waiting for you to figure this out. And she's able to give her dad the map piece Mm -hmm. and she gets to return to her own ship. Yes. And of course, she gets to take prisoners and she she tells her dad, hey, let me take prisoners. I'll kill people. It'll be fine. You go back to your place. So her dad leaves. And so she takes a bunch of captives from Draxon crew, sends Raiden to go get stitched up because he's still bleeding because he got shot twice. Yeah. And then her dad drops a bomb on her because she she says, it was difficult enough taking down Vorden's massive bulk and escaping. I needed to get out of there. And then Callaghan's her dad is like, describe Vorden to me. So she describes him and he's like, no, no, 
that's not him. That's not Vorden. And she's like, what are you talking about? And he says, Vorden looks like this. So then this is when we find out that um, Ferris was actually Vorden. And now you're like, oh, very clever. So he was there. Vorden was on Draxon's ship the whole time. The whole time. That's so crazy. What's really crazy is that even Draxon didn't know that that was Vorden. So like clearly the pirate captains knew about each other, but they hadn't all seen each other before because he didn't, Draxon didn't know. I mean, it's not like Barbosa and Jack Sparrow, you know what I mean? Who'd know each other very well. This is like some other random captain in disguise came on Barbosa's ship and Barbosa had no idea who he was. Yes. And you kind of get the impression that he, Vorden has this other guy that Elosha kills pretend to be him a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. And so very few people know who he actually is and what he really looks like. Right. I love to, so part of Elosa's siren capabilities, besides being able to sing to men and get them to do what she wants, is that she can also like read their emotions. So she can tell like what they're feeling. I thought that was a really cool addition to the siren powers too. And I also thought it was interesting that her siren powers, and now she's only half siren. So she has limitations, quite a few limitations. You know, she has to have the water in order to be able to use her powers. But she also can only control three men at a time which is very interesting. Mm -hmm. So that, you know, and that poses a challenge for her in different points of the story. But I liked that because it wasn't like, it didn't make things come so easily for her. She had to really work harder for it, which gave us more conflict as we went along through the story. Yes. I also really, this interesting aspect of her siren self calls to her and makes her want to abandon everything, basically stay in the ocean with the other sirens Mm -hmm. and that she's terrified that she can't control it, which she was kind of manipulated into her dad into fearing that part of her siren self. Yeah. So that quite frankly, I think her dad did it that way so that he didn't, she wasn't more powerful than he was Um, taught her to hate this part of herself. And then, through training and meeting Bryden, she is able to figure out how to overcome that and retain her sense of self and her control while she's using her powers. And it, it's a very empowering aspect of the story for her is that she embraces all parts of herself and learns to accept and love all parts of herself, yes. which I think was wonderful. I do too, because, you know, we all have things about ourselves that we don't necessarily like, but, and can be challenging for us. But I think that we need to learn to how to accept those parts about ourselves that we may not like as much as others, even though it's difficult and not easy. Sometimes it takes a while to get there. Yes. Yeah. And I, would I have loved it if she could have figured out how to solve that problem herself instead of needing a boy to do it? Yes. (laughs) Yes. But I also am a sucker for a good love story. So I'll accept it in this, in this <laughs> instance. 
I love how at the very end when, so what I didn't, what we didn't say before was when she and Raiden are swimming from where Vorden had them captured back to the night fair. She goes, when she goes underwater, she sings to the men on her ship. And that's how they get there to her, to where the night fair is, how her crew and her ship get there. And then with her father. But what's really funny is, you know, she goes back and forth on about what to do with Draxon and if she should kill him or not, because Raiden begs her not to kill Draxon. And she really wants to, but she's like, dang it, Raiden. Like you have that he's got this hold over her. So she doesn't want to upset him, right? So then when her father comes to the end, (laughs) Draxon like tries to, fight her father like he he jumps down and lands and has his sword like points his sword at her dad and he's like and Alosa's like damn idiot if I'm bothering to save his sorry arse Drexon could at least make it easy for me <laughs> and then a small part of her is like "Ooh, maybe dad will kill him and then it's not my fault he died yeah and he'll be dead win-win but no not what happens <laughs> But she does put him in the brig and leaves him there for a while, which is fun. She does not trust him. No. And she's like, I can't even set him free because he's just going to come after me. Yep. So she. I also think she was afraid to set him free because she was afraid Raiden would go with him. Yeah, I agree. I agree. She didn't want to know if Raiden would go with him or not. Nope. She wants Raiden to stay with her. Yes. She but just she doesn't, doesn't want to admit say it. that she wants right and stay with her. Exactly. She can't admit it. So she doesn't love- want to want right to stay with her, but she does. And in the second book, there's an absolutely hilarious moment along that same plot line that is just great. <laughs> yes, there is. And if you are listening and have not read Daughter of the Siren Queen yet, what are you waiting for? You need to read it because there's so much more. It's, it's so fun because I love that that book then takes place on Alosa's ship with her crew. And so we really get to know her crew and little Rosalind easily becomes my favorite character of all of them. She's my favorite pirate. I love her. <laughs> I, I think I like the doctor and her first mate the best. They are fantastic as well. Yes. Yes, the doctor, and this happens in this book, so I can talk about it. Yes. So when they make it back to her ship and Raiden is unconscious and bleeding to death because he's been shot twice, she sends him right to the medical room. And so Manzi, the medic, is taking care of him. And so she goes to check on him and she walks him and Mandy, Manzi's like, he woke up, he looked at me and he said, you don't have red hair. And then he lost consciousness. <laughs> and then- and Alosa's like, a lot of people had red hair. And Manzi's like, Captain. Mm-hmm. I know. We know why, like, and it's just this underlying current of, okay, Captain Alosa, we all know why he is not in the brig breeding to death right now. And it's because you like him. Mm-hmm. Clearly he likes you too. <laughs> Let yourself like him, woman. Yep. What's great, though, too, is as much as Raiden doesn't want anything to happen to Draxon, when Alosa is in the brig talking to Draxon, Draxon asks about Raiden and says, if anything happens to him, I'll kill you. But Alosa's like, empty threats are useless. He's up there and you're in here. So you can't get out. You're not going to be able to escape like I did off of your ship. So there. 
Yes. It's so because much fun. Because her crew is better than everyone else's in all ways. It, it is totally is. And I love how much she loves her crew. She is so committed to her crew. And we see even at like, we get more of that in book two, but even in this book, with the, in the last couple of chapters, one, like when she gets back and she asks her first mate, if there were any casualties from the fighting and she finds out that two of the pirates have died, she's just so very concerned, you know, and is sad about it. And she just really cares about her crew a lot. And it's just great to see that how much that she really loves her crew and how she takes care of them. And they light candles for them. Yeah. It's just lovely. It's good. And then, so at the end of this, her dad now has two maps and she's got to find one more. I will say when Ryden wakes up and she's talking to him and he asks about Draxon, she says, oh, he's in the brig. And he says, alive. Yes, alive. You think I want a corpse sticking up the place? (laughs) Like she tries to wave it off and pretend like it's not a big deal, even though it really is a huge deal. And she knows it's a huge deal. That it is a huge deal. And then she, I trust, she says, I trust you find your accommodation satisfying. I'm on a table. Yes, but the only thing in the room aside from the healing supplies, not a mess in sight. There's nothing for you to obsess over. <laughs> like you're finally in a nice clean room. Aren't you happy? Oh, man. And then I love that at the very end of this in the last chapter, he, she tells him, about her siren her siren powers because he asks how she came to possess the power of a siren without fully becoming one so she then tells him the story about her dad and how her dad went to find the siren and well he went looking for treasure and he found the isla de canta and found the sirens and he didn't fight and then he slept with a siren and ta-da alosa <laughs> half siren half human <laughs> so she tells him the whole story about that and that's like it's a really, it's a good connection point for them at the end because she, she's finally being Something honest real. with him. Yes, thank you. <laughs> My brain left me. And he also, he had been concerned when he, as he found out like about her powers before she got kidnapped by Warden, he had been worried that she was manipulating him and lying to him. And so there was this moment before they got kidnapped, before they both got kidnapped by Warden where he was like, am I letting you go because you are forcing me to? I don't understand what I'm feeling. And so he kind of started to think that she had manipulated her way into feelings. And mm-hmm. he was sad because he felt he thought his feelings were real. And so when she was being tortured by Vorden and had to use her powers on Raiden, he was like, now I know what it feels like to actually be controlled by you. And so I know you weren't controlling me the whole time. And I think... I think that's the moment he decides it's okay to like her. I think so too. Um, Which of course is on like, what, page 300 of 303. So. Yep. Yep. We don't get to see how that comes to fruition until the second book. Right. Which thankfully we so do get to see. (laughs) Speaking of the second book. Because you have both of these and I don't, I listened to the audiobooks. I have 
the first, I have this one from the library, but I haven't actually looked at the actual like hardcover of the second book. Is there a map of her ship, the Ava Lee, in the front of that one, like the Night Fairs and this one? No, oh. there is the, it's the pieces of the map. Oh, okay. That's so, cool. So you get to see, like, you see Varden's map, Jeskor's map, and Caligan's map. Okay. And so you see all three pieces. Because when I opened this up and I saw the night fair, I was like, oh, that's really cool. I like it, but it kind of would have been cool to see a map of the island, but it, it makes more sense that it's in book two because of what happens in book two. So it works. And the night fair, I do, I do always like to see drawings of ships because, you know, like they, she described, Trisha Lovenseller describes it, but I'm such a visual person (laughs) and I'm always trying to figure out, okay, how many decks are on this ship? She's going down to this deck. That's where they sleep. Is there another deck below it where all this stuff is stored and where's her cabin? Where's Draxon's cabin? Like, so I, the visual is fantastic to have of the night fair in the front of this book. You know what I kept on picturing? Yes. Okay. When she was when she goes in Draxon's cabin and she's in there and we're getting the description of his cabin. All I could picture was like Captain Hook's quarters in the movie Hook, the Robin Williams movie. Yes. Okay, kept on picturing his That's quarters. Exactly okay. <laughs> I was like, yes. I'm seeing Captain Hook's quarters here. Okay. So I, f- I feel like Draxon would have those type of quarters, you know? Yes. And she even makes a comment about it when she's back on her boat that she opted for smaller quarters so that she had medical, uh, medical space and more space for her crew. Like, which <laughs> makes, makes a real sense. snide comment about it. Right. <laughs> like Draxon, you're so selfish <laughs> that this is what you thought about, but I'm actually thinking about my crew. <laughs> oh my goodness. Anyways, this book is just so fantastic. Like I can't, I'm going to just reread these over and over because they are so good and such a satisfying pirate story. So I highly, highly recommend this book. They're a relatively quick read. They're not very Mm -hmm. long. It's only two books. I'm duologies are my jam is what I'm right. I really enjoy duologies as well because I, I mean, I'll, I'll read trilogies and ones with more than that, but it's, I don't know. I just something about a duology. It's just so much more succinct and you can get through it faster. And yeah, I just love them as well. And, and I mean, like, I love me some Cassandra Clare and I love the mortal instruments, but it's six books long. Yeah. That's a lot. And so there are times when I'm like, I don't have time to reread six books. Right. I've, I've read a six book series before as well, but I won't do it again. Probably <laughs> it has to be like really, really, really good. I say that, but I'm waiting for book six of a different one to come out. Anyways, <laughs> that'll be my last one. <laughs> yes. We'll see. All right. Well, thank you, Sarah, for being here again. This was super fun. I always have so much fun when you're on the podcast. I always have so much fun as well. Yay. Well, we'll do this again soon, Ben. (laughs) Yes.
Yes. (laughs) And thank you to everybody who is listening and we will chat again soon. Today's episode featured the book Daughter of the Pirate King by Trisha Levenseller. Be sure to follow YA Book Chat on Instagram and Facebook. And don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you get your episodes as soon as they are available. And if you listen on Apple Podcasts, if you would, leave a five-star review and a positive rating. It really helps a lot. YA Book Chat was created by, is hosted, and edited by me, Leah Stuhler.